Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, co-host, and with me is my esteemed colleague, Cheyenne Carter. Hello, Dr. Bob. Carter. And here we are again. We've got another guest. We and do. special person. Absolutely. It's good to be at the table again with you, Bob, as always. Yes. And super excited to spend some time today with our admissions and student support manager, Mary Catherine Newsom, yes. who also, along with being um, part of our staff now, is one of our very favorite alumni of the program. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Finished yes, up yes. her program and decided she loved us so much that she wanted to actually work with us, which is still amazing to me. Yeah, and still want to keep working with <laughs> yes. you. So. That's even more impressive. <laughs> sometimes when we get you enrolled, you just can't leave. That's you know, right. That's yeah. <laughs> no, we, you'll never be rid of me now. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Good to be here. So today, I think that the um, what we'd like to bring to our listeners mm-hmm. is to help kind of pull back the veil a little bit and let them see into the program, especially for our um, listeners who are considering our program, yeah. of um, what to expect, especially from the online program. Yes. What this experience is actually going to be mm-hmm. like from a from a course sequencing and, and the interactions with various um, faculty and these practitioner instructors. So Yeah. Yeah, so um, as part of my work as the admissions and student support manager is um, I really I work with students um, through from onboarding all the way to alumni status. Um, So much like the department, uh, the students are also never rid of me. (laughs) 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 So um, I although I'm a graduate of the on campus program um, and the course sequencing looks a little bit different. Um, I am well-versed in the online sequencing because it is what I do day in and day out. Um, so, yeah, we it's a three-year part-time program uh, for the online program. Um, people hear part-time and they think uh, pretty light workload. Uh, it's a seven-week – we break the courses up so you're only taking one content course at a time at the start of the program, um, and those fall in seven-week increments. So you're doing a semester's work, worth of work in about seven weeks. So even though it is a part-time program, it can sometimes feel like a lot, especially when you're transitioning from the workforce um, or you know whatever your other life roles are, uh, trying to work this in. Um, can be a little bit challenging. So we do um, offer support in those early classes. Um, You hear a lot from me. You hear a lot from our student support specialist, um, just checking in, seeing how things are going, working on time management, that kind of stuff um, to help students ease into the transition. Well, I think that's an important part of um, our program that's that's significant for um, prospective students to hear is that we know that mm-hmm. most of our students are um, really coming back into second careers. Yeah. Um, we do have some students that come straight from their undergraduate, but we, we know that it is a transition of learning how to be a student again, mm-hmm. learning how to do this online format, the yeah. technology. And so um, we really have built a strong um, support network of various people mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we're expecting for, we're expecting to have adults in our program and, and yeah. people who are um, willing to take accountability and responsibility for their learning and their experience. But we're also expecting people to need some extra help along the way at times. And so this piece of um, knowing that that's there, that some of this extra, um, 
you know, just even being able to process, how do I study? And, uh, you know, I only thought this course was going to take this amount of time, but all of a sudden I'm realizing that to get the quality education, I'm really going to have to put in this time. How do I manage that? That that's really obviously something you can talk about with faculty like us. I meet with mm-hmm. my students about that, um, but also that we have these additional people who can help brainstorm and create yeah. plans. Yeah, we've got um, great student support specialists who help with that. Uh, we also have a student orientation course. Um, when you're accepted into the program, um, the two weeks prior to you starting your semester with us, uh, you have a optional but highly recommended <laughs> student <always>. orientation course <laughs> um, in which you get to work with me, the amazing student support <laughs> manager. Um And you get to learn kind of the ins and outs of the technology. Um, Because it's an online program, obviously rely very heavily on online technology. Uh, So you get to go into our learning management system, um, kind of learn all the tools before you get into a classroom setting. Um, It's kind of a safe sandbox space. Um, We have mock assignments, and you get to introduce yourself to the rest of your cohort members. Um, So it's a good way to get to know people while also learning the technology. Uh, It makes it a little less overwhelming when you start those first courses um, to to make it a little less intimidating and overwhelming. Yeah, what a great resource and good, good way to begin too. Because, mm-hmm. like you're saying, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of students that are coming in uh, later in their careers or second career, and um, you know, technology may be a little little fearful. Or how am I going to get back into the swing of thing of studying again? Yes, yeah, staying on top of things, and to realize that it's not something you just enroll and go, oh, here's your class. Okay, do it. But it's yeah. like we want to be be there for you to support you mm-hmm. and to help you prepare to deal with the technology and understand that. And we've got all kinds of uh, resources available within the university as well. Yeah. You know, tech support and help desks and such mm-hmm. and so. And once again, what a wonderful student support uh, team we have. Mm-hmm. And, too, to help ease with, um, you know, folks who, are, who might be coming from the workforce or mm-hmm. they've been out of school for a while. Uh, we also have tools like Smart Thinking um, where, you know, maybe you haven't written a paper in years. <laughs> uh, I had only been out of school for uh, like four or five years when I came back, and I was still very intimidated by the prospect of having to write academic papers again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have tools like Smart Thinking uh, where – professionals um, will look over your paper, they'll help give you advice, uh, kind of help you structure, look at APA, that kind of stuff, Um, just to, again, help support you through that transition. There's a lot of different different resources that we have available, so it makes it easier. And I think it's helpful for us to talk about some of these things, because I think we try to communicate that to students in various ways. They don't always, I think, believe that faculty are as genuine (laughs) Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. offerings or maybe they haven't heard faculty like agree with it and be like, yes, like this really is. I mean, again, I'm going to hold my students accountable that they are asking for their needs and they mm-hmm. are doing their part. But um, I mean, heck, Bob, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm calling the tech line. Like, oh, you yes. know, we're yeah. counselor educators. We're not. I tell you, I have a PhD in counseling, not in technology. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, there is this shared kind of awareness around there's some additional challenges with this. And right. so I think some students come into the program feeling like they have to hide that. Yes. And sometimes that's where the ones mm, who end up point. struggling the most at yeah. the beginning is the ones who feel like that they have to act like they know what they're doing. And so exactly. again, you know, you know, learn to ask for your needs. That's what we help our clients do. Um, but there really is this, um, you know, just wealth of support that's sitting here yeah. ready to, um, to do all that we can on our part to ensure mm-hmm. students are successful. 
Yeah. And I think you bring up a really great point. That's one of the barriers, um, or not barriers, but challenges that we, opportunities that we encounter (laughs) um, with online education. When you're walking into a classroom space um, and everyone's physically present on the first day, you get a better feel of your classmates, your faculty, that kind of thing. It can make it a little less intimidating to reach out to faculty for assistance. You know, doctor so-and-so can be really intimidating. (laughs) Um, So approaching someone in an email can be a little overwhelming. Um, So I really like that you brought up the point of how genuine our faculty are and how warm and also how we're all in this together. This, we have a real passion for online students. That's why we're all doing this. Um, And so just whenever I have students reach out to me, I always encourage them to talk to their lead faculty and their practitioner instructor because, again, we're all in this together um, and building those relationships early, opening up that line of communication early on in the program will really help you as you encounter stuff later on. Um, You've already got that dialogue. You already have the rapport. So it's a nice segue as you talk about talking to um, lead faculty or the practitioner instructor. Mm -hmm. So um, explain for our listeners kind of who are the practitioners and what role they play. Yeah. So a really cool thing about our program is that we have lead faculty who are our um, kind of core faculty who are on campus. Um, They're teaching undergraduate courses, both on campus and online. They're teaching on-campus master courses, and they're teaching uh, our master courses online as well. Bonus that the online program gets uh, is practitioner instructors. So these are practicing clinicians um, in the community. Most of them are local. We have some from, you know, different places in the country. Um, But they are practicing clinicians who also help kind of supplement the education in the classroom. Uh, They're helping with a lot of grading and giving feedback uh, as the lead faculty focus on more of the teaching, like weekly uh, lectures, videos they send out, things like that. Uh, So what's really cool about practitioner instructors is that you have folks from a wide variety of background. A really cool thing about the counseling field is um, how many specialties there are out there. Uh, A really cool thing about our program is how it gives you such a strong foundation um, to go out and kind of build a bear your own career. (laughs) (laughs) As they say. (laughs) Um, So you you have a master's in counseling degree. You can go out and get all of these different specializations with further education that kind of stuff. So a lot of our practitioner instructors are years down the line in their career. And, um, and very, if I may, yeah, very accomplished in yes, what they do. Yes. So that's what the, that's the, some of the feedback yes. I hear from our students is that they just value their their descriptions and stories mm-hmm. and experience that they bring to the classes as well. Yeah, the stories are awesome. The experience, great. I, I remember as a student, that's what I really wanted to hear from my instructors uh, was you know, I, I can read about it in a textbook, but I want to know how this plays out in a client situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting to hear how they dealt with, um, you know, those curveballs that you get thrown when you're working with a client or how they dealt with an ethical issue uh, really made a huge impact on me as a student. Um, and that's a lot of what you certainly you get that with our lead faculty. Um, but it's great to have the practitioner instructor in there as well. They have 
such a wide variety of backgrounds um, and credentialing, uh, different experience. A lot of them have years and years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just great to hear all of their stories and that draw upon that wealth of knowledge. Well, and I think it can be helpful for our students to know what to expect. And so yeah. that's, you know, going into the courses and having a, a picture of what we call the tiered model, where mm-hmm. the lead faculty are the lead over a course. Um, we often have, um, you know, we want students to have individualized experience. We want them to have um, course sizes that allow them to make meaningful connections with mm-hmm. their peers. And mm-hmm. so we'll take a cohort and we'll break you down. So you'll be, I think, really our sections, we max at 16 students mm-hmm. for the content courses. For our clinical courses, it's even less. Um, so you'll be in a group of 16 students um, and each one of those sections has a practitioner um, assigned to them mm-hmm. and then lead faculty are having their weekly meetings with their practitioner instructors lead faculty are you know kind of popping into all the different sections mm-hmm. um, to make sure there's a consistency of grading a consistency of the experience while really trying to um, empower these practitioner instructors mm-hmm. um, to you know like you said bring the various experiences yeah. I, I like talking um so Louise on our uh, mm-hmm. our um, staff uh, many times is the one assigning the practitioner instructors, and she does a great job of you know for the career course instead of you having you know a practitioner instructor who's never done any career counseling yeah. who maybe had a career class in their master's mm-hmm. program because uh, all of our practitioner instructors have at least a master's degree you know she's putting the people with that course who have more experience yeah. with that and so um, this great team that exists between the lead faculty and the practitioner instructors so that the students can really benefit from from all of these different people. And yeah. it's, you know, they say two heads is better than one, and we have about like 500 heads around here. Yes. So. <laughs> sure. And something I'd like to know, um, I'd like for our students, potential students to know too, is that, um, and Mary Catherine mentioned this too, is that our um, lead instructors also teach in the online courses. There are many um, online programs that hire specific uh, staff, faculty, just for online and from campus, but you have access to all the faculty that are mm-hmm. here f- from the online program, uh, certainly that are on campus. And student engagement is really important too. So don't think that we're just disengaged from the course because yes. I'm teaching family counseling right now as the lead instructor online. And Tuesday night, um, I do a, 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 a weekly live session. Mm-hmm. where I'll do a 20-minute lecture and uh, talk about a specific aspect. I talked about the difference between counseling couples and enrichment events and what's the difference mm-hmm. and what, what are the outcomes and what's the expectations. And that's not something that's necessarily covered in the course, but I'll always try to expand on the on yeah. aspect and bring some practical aspects to it. And a number of students will show up and we'll have question and answer with that. And then I'll record mm-hmm. it and send it out to the rest of the the students as well. So this, the live yeah. sessions are something I'm really enjoying as a way to stay connected. And our practitioner instructors yeah. do those as well. In they all do. The courses. Oh, yes, so there's yeah. multiple opportunities for students to try to kind of fit these sessions into their schedule. But like mm-hmm. you said, if these students can't yeah. attend, we, we, we do our best to remember to record them. I'm at about, yep. 80, yeah. I'm at about an 89% success <laughs> well, rate on that. It is hard uh, to remember so to hit that record button. I problem on my first recording. Oh, no. I, I, couldn't, I lost it in the cloud somewhere. So. <laughs> see <laughs> tech. Exactly. Tech. See, like we know the pain. We yeah, look at what you students. <laughs> We're all in it together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's such a benefit of our program um, is nice, yeah. the the level of engagement um, and the opportunity for engagement and that we try to be as flexible as we can. Um, of course, graduate school is a commitment when you're enrolling in a program like this part-time or full-time. Um, 
you're going to have to make sacrifices. Your life is going to get busy. Uh, your schedule is going to get crowded. Um, and you have to find time for this commitment. Um, it's, I think, well worth it. Uh, but it's important to remember that um, – we also do try to offer some flexibility. Um, a large part of what I do in the course sequencing um, is to work with students whenever they do have those life event events come up um, and they need to maybe rearrange their schedule or try and figure out some different options for them, whether that's extending internships so the hours are more manageable over time, um, rearranging some courses uh, to give you a semester off if you need it. There's a lot of different options. Uh, so just know if you get in the program and things get overwhelming, you need a break or life happens, we're able to work with you during those times as much as we can. And Mary Catherine, I just got to say, I appreciate you so much keeping track of all that. You do a masterful <laughs> job supporting our students as well as helping them structure their, their ongoing courses when they need to change. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm always glad to do it. Um, it's, yeah. it's really great to work with the students. I know that you guys feel the same way. Uh, but to get to uh -huh. hear, you know, what's going on in y'all's lives and how we can help it. Three years is a significant chunk of time between the two residencies and just working with people um, throughout the duration of the program. You really get to know students, uh, which I massively enjoy. So it's it's always great to hear from them when things are going well. And I'm always happy to help when mm -hmm. things are, you know, in a rockier time, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is that other side of, again, I think students have this fear that if they become too visible, that somehow they're a problem. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like a negative <laughs> thing. But I, I do think about the various students who've taken the opportunity to reach out to me, you know, struggling with, um, you know, they've been sick or, I mean, gosh, how many times do we have to work with students because of um, mm -hmm. hurricanes these last years? Oh, yes. Yeah. And they've lost their internet power. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we actually end up sometimes, um, you know, the students and I have been talking on the phone or even mm -hmm. texting some because they can't get their internet. Um mm -hmm. You know, but throughout all of that, again, it's opportunities with appropriate taking accountability for yourself. It's opportunities to connect with us. And I know yes. um, like this last week, I've been emailing with a student who graduated. Oh, goodness. She was one of our first uh, uh -huh. first groups to graduate who's actually going to come back and be a guest speaker in one of my undergraduate courses. Oh, how cool. And then we just had another student reach out with an article he just published in mm -hmm. um, Counseling Today magazine and sharing that with us. And so this this picture of, you know, even though we are a really large program at the core, and I think especially in the identity of Wake Forest, we were a small program for a long time. Yeah. And I think even though we've become a very large program with a large um, student body and faculty, at, at our heart is still this desire to have individual relationships. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, even though like, you know, students, you're, you're, you're going to have a course sequence, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to have, you know, you're going to have a syllabus at the beginning of every semester that there still are um, this entire group of people here who are committed as long as you are taking full accountability. I keep adding that piece in there. Yes. Um, you know, that, that, yeah. that we are here um, to be, um, you know, a cheerleader, a support, mm -hmm. um, really trying to empower our students to have an exceptional experience as mm -hmm. they as they prepare to become professional counselors. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. For an online program, we say we like to be high touch. That's right. Yes. And what you're saying, too, is also you will stay in touch. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I always ask That's my students, nice. I say as a counselor, you know, with my client load at my That's private practice, really like. I don't get yeah. to hear from my, my clients in the future. Or if that I do hear true. from them, it's because they're struggling mm -hmm. again, which I'm, yeah, that's fine. Um, but there is something that's so neat to me as an instructor to be able to hear from our alumni and to see yes. like where they're flourishing and the lives that they are touching. Mm -hmm. And um, it really is probably one of the best parts of the job. It really yeah. is something we enjoy. And we, we encourage that connection. 
connection, like mm-hmm. you said, too. Mary Catherine, I've got, I'm curious about it, is, is some stu- potential students are listening to our podcast yeah. right now and thinking about what does the courses look like? Uh, could you share with just uh, what the uh, the sequencing of courses, is there a rationale to that for the student? Is there something, yes. what would be helpful for them to know about the structure and the uh, beginning? Yeah. Um, so one thing to know about counselors is that we try to be intentional. <laughs> There's a thought behind everything. Um, and that's certainly the case with the course sequence. Um, we try to make it developmentally appropriate as you're, you know, growing as a counselor, um, for going from student to professional. The first uh, classes you'll be taking are our foundation courses. You're ju- As I mentioned before, you're getting your content courses in uh, seven-week uh, increments. Uh, so you'll be registered for two classes per semester, but you'll only be taking one at a time up until uh, you begin clinicals, which typically happens depending on your course sequence if you stay on track. Um, uh, let's see, um, at the start of your third year is when you'll begin clinicals. So for the first two years, you'll just be taking um, one content course at a time. S- kind of standard procedure is that's a seven-week course. Things are pretty much always due on a Thursday and a Sunday. At the initial start, you'll be getting classes like professional orientation, which introduces you to the field. You get a little bit of the history. You learn um, how surprisingly young we are as a field and how much more there is to know, um, which is awesome for it was for me as a student to kind of figure out, oh, wow, there's all this stuff to pioneer. It's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got research and statistics, uh, which always intimidates people. Don't be scared. <laughs> uh, it's pretty light on the stats. Uh, it's more focused on the importance of research and really being able to be a discerning reader of articles and exactly. um, kind of yeah. staying on top of best practices, that thing, which is really important as a counselor. Um, you learn about uh, lifespan development, um, which is really informative for all client work across the board, whether you're clinical or a school uh, track. Um, we cover stuff like family. There's a course on family, which you j- mm-hmm. mentioned, Dr. Nations. Yes. Uh, there's also group um, counseling, just like runs the gamut. You get a lot of the basics before we send you into uh, clinicals. Most important in that sequence um, is basic and advanced skills, um, which takes place in your second year. Um, you get paired up into, well, not paired up, you get put into triads, <laughs> um, and you work with your fellow cohort mates um, in practicing and honing your counseling skills. Um, so we spend a lot of time on that. Uh, that's a full semester um, between basic and advanced skills um, where you practice, you record videos, you submit them for review by your faculty and practitioner instructor. Um, you get really valuable feedback. You get a lot of practice, um, which sounds really scary as a student, um, but nothing scarier than going into clinicals <laughs> and not having practice. So you will be grateful um, for all of the feedback that you receive. And then once you get into your third year, of course, you'll have residency too right before then, uh, which is where you come onto campus. Uh, it's pretty skills-focused. Uh, and residency two, residency one is more about 
just synthesizing all of the basic information that you've learned and really getting to know your cohort better, making those connections with faculty. Um, but residency two is really about taking a deep dive on those skills, making sure that our students are ready for uh, practicum. Um, and they pretty much always are. It's really about building confidence mm-hmm. um, and pumping yes, people yes. up and reminding students that you've got the skill set, you can do this um, before they go into clinicals. And clinicals is where things kind of shift in the course sequence. Uh, this is where I get a lot of emails about changing things around. With clinicals, you're taking the usual two content courses per semester in addition to picking up that clinical class. Um, You do meet with a group, um, your supervision group weekly for uh, clinical courses, but you're also completing hours on site. So fitting in the time to do those hours on site can be challenging. We talk about it from day one of the program. Uh, You get introduced into it uh, by Dr. Emerson, uh, residency one pretty heavily. We start your search early, so we try to be really intentional in helping students plan for that. Um, And there are options available if you need to spread your internship out um, in order to make the weekly hours more manageable. But this is something that all programs have to do. Uh, You have to have these hours in order to get licensed. Um, And it's always really important to remember that that's to ensure excellent care for your future clients who are hurting and need it. Um, The last thing you want to do is to be ill-prepared and not up to snuff clinically and inadvertently harm somebody. Um, So one thing our program does a really great job at, and we have survey data to back all this up. It's not just me tooting our (laughs) horn. Um, We produce really excellent clinicians. Um, We have great faculty. We have awesome supervision. And we routinely hear from both site supervisors and um, future employers. We send out an employer survey um, that our students are some of the most clinically prepared that they see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really proud of that fact. I know the faculty are really proud of that fact. So even though that that last year can be a challenge in terms of time demands, um, it's where we see a lot of the growth professionally um, and academically. Mm-hmm. And it's where I, we create those excellent clinicians that we're so proud of now. <laughs> it's a great overview. Isn't that wonderful? It really is. It's, it gives, and, and hopefully those who are listening can can see that kind of sequence and what it means and the process mm-hmm. that you go through and the expectations that come uh, to each student that, that's there. And they're there for a reason. And they're mm-hmm. organized in such a way that helps you become, as Mary Catherine says, the excellent counselors and that we produce uh, yeah. and that we send out into this this world. Uh, so we're grateful for that. Mary Catherine, thank you for all you do and all you are. And before yeah. we wrap up, uh, is there anything else that we left unsaid or parting thoughts, words, wisdom um, you want to share? Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little short on wisdom. Um, no, I mean, if students, if prospective students, if you ever have a question about the course sequencing, um, of course, feel free to talk to your enrollment advisor. Certainly feel free to send me an email. I'm always happy to chat um, about, you know, kind of your life circumstances, if it seems feasible, that sort of stuff. Um, 
we are always happy to talk to people and talk options. Yeah, just shoot me an email. I'm sure my info is on the old website. And uh, we're here to help and support you, too. Yeah. So that's really what we're about. All right. Thank you, Mary Catherine. Thank, Thank you. Mary Catherine. you. All right. Until we have our next podcast, may you all be well. Mm-hmm.